everybody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, Biden is in uh, Ukraine and in Poland. And uh, it was a little bit of a top secret type of deal that he went over there. Um, and, uh, you know, the debate about about Ukraine is just something to behold. I mean, I, I was watching Fox and Friends today and watched Brian Kilmeade have a meltdown, a complete meltdown, uh, because and he in in defense in defense of Lindsey Graham, um, when Lisa Booth, uh, who was filling in for Ainsley, uh, basically said uh, something to the effect. Lindsey Graham, who 20 years in Afghanistan was not enough. He needed more time in Afghanistan. Of course, these politicians are profiting from black market deals. See, what happens is politicians turn to, you know, they're basically like um, movie produ- movie producers or movie executive, ex- executives. They green light a film. And so long as they have the power to green light a film... Uh, there's going to be a lot of perks for the person who has that authority, green lighting a film in the movie business. And the same is true with the senators and the congressmen, mainly the senators in foreign policy, where they vote on uh, commitments. And in this case, though, uh, because the CIA is involved and the State Department is running the show, um it's a little different uh, because uh, you don't even need congressional approval. But at some point, you know, we got to get an audit and an inventory of what we're spending because we're, 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 we've already spent $200 billion in Ukraine. And what do we have to show for it? Ukraine's going to lose. The Joint Chief, Chief of Staff uh, already said that there's no chance that Ukraine can win this war. No chance. At the end of the day, 20 years later after Afghanistan, the Taliban is in charge. 
Why couldn't we have figured that deal out on year one? If all it was going to take is to give them $80 billion in assets and, and a whole truckload of U.S. taxpayer dollars to shut them up and get them to play right, if that's all it took, then why do we spend $6 trillion in Iraq? Why? People are going to, the corruption's going to continue. The leadership that's there is going to continue. Taliban was always going to fill the void in the vacuum in Afghanistan. And people like Brian Kilmeade are just too stupid to understand because they're listening to the wrong generals. He's got this talk show and he puts on all these different Bush, Cheney, Lindsey Graham, McCain type of uh, military uh, people that want to continue to spend infinitum in Ukraine, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, yet they can never figure out how to solve the problem. Remember ISIS? We're spending trillions of dollars to defeat ISIS. No, we weren't. They were lying to you. They were flat out lying to you. That's what the State Department and the CIA and the Pentagon do. That's what the FBI does. That's what the IRS does. Lo- Lois Lerner attacked and targeted, and she lied about it. Tea, tea Party groups. Mayorkas, head of Homeland Security. These are all the people with guns, by the way. IRS has guns now. They're like an army. They'll go after your finances. They want to change your, your ability to hold cash into digital currency so they can control your speech. So they could target you if you are a political opponent to the state. Mayorkas lies through his teeth when it comes to whether the border, the southern border is secure or not. And now we're actually having to get volunteers for the northern border to help out on the southern border. Why is it that there's no problem really on the northern border, but lots of problems on the southern border? Could it be because China wants to kill off our fighting age males because it's mostly fighting age males that are addicted to, to fentanyl. It's not as much women as a women problem as it is a male problem, young male problem, drug abuse. And violent uh, drug abuse lends itself to dependency. Dependency lends itself to financial ruin. Financial ruin lends itself to criminal behavior. And also being high as a kite doesn't help either. While you're going through all this stress and turmoil, it's ruining our country. All this equity versus equality is really nothing, nothing different than an embracement of discrimination and segregation. Every single place you look, our government is failing us. Do you think that their lockdowns, measures, and mask mandates and ineffective vaccines were good solutions to the COVID problem? No. Do you think that maybe we could have actually used the therapeutics that were already on the books that we knew worked, like hydroxychloroquine? New studies have showed, have shown, just new studies, have shown that hydroxychloroquine would have been great 
and that Fauci knew about it and lied. That ivermectin would have been a great uh, therapeutic to mitigate death, COVID deaths, better and more effective. Herd immunity would have actually probably been a good idea. It kind of worked in Sweden. A lot of people debate that, but I think it did. If anything, if Sweden ended up exactly where the rest of the world ended up and they spent zero money on um, uh, on uh, vaccines, you know, they spent much, much less on vaccines, but they ended up in the same place or a little bit better, wouldn't that have been, that have been a better idea than to crush world economies that are still reeling from the, the COVID? If you take a look at what the Federal Reserve is doing and the spiking of the um, interest rates and you take a look at, and compare that to what Volcker did back in the 60s and 70s, what Volcker did was in the wake of a 15-year inflationary rise and decline. It wasn't at net zero. We had zero interest. And so when Chairman Powell, Jerome Powell, increases by just a few points, it's double the kind of impact because, you know, four is double two, but four is a fraction of 16. So back in the 60s and 70s, we had higher interest rates. And those interest rates, then when he started increasing the prime rate with the Fed to slow down inflation in the wake of the Carter years, that was a situation where uh, he was trying to uh, lower inflation. But what he did pales in comparison to what Jerome Powell is doing, which is going to put us all into a world recession at a time when people are already struggling. But the inflation was unnecessary because what we're doing is we're spending government, we're we're increasing our national debt. We spend half a trillion dollars right now just on interest alone, half a trillion every year, and that's going to go up. We're almost at $32 trillion in debt, projected to go to $50 trillion in 10 years or somewhere in that neighborhood. It's absolutely insane. And there's no end to this craziness in sight. You know, I'm hearing reports that our military, uh, we're running out of ammunition because Ukraine is burning up all of our ammunition over a a war. This is not a hill worth dying on, folks. Ukraine is not a hill worth dying on. And so you take a look at our government. You take a look at the COVID response. It was totally failed. You take a look at the, what they've done with the U.S. Post Office. You take a look at what they've done with Southern Border. You take a look at the foreign policy in Afghanistan. You take a look at this stupid, avoidable war in Ukraine. All Russia wanted was a little buffer between an aggressive NATO who is basically expanding. See, NATO, you've got to treat NATO like a country. NATO isn't a country, but you have to treat it like it is a country if, you're, if you are Russia. Because with Russia, Russia 
is looking at NATO as a existential threat to their existence. And when NATO expands into Poland and Georgia and Latvia and Lithuania and Norway and Sweden and Finland, and it starts just surrounding Russia with what was supposed to be a Cold War defense against Russian aggression, when the Cold War ended, NATO should have ended too. It should have been game over for NATO. But instead, they expanded, and they've manipulated, and they pushed for this new world order, this tyrannical control of people, currency, um, basically borders. And the European Union became a byproduct of that. And the United Nations became completely feckless and corrupt. Remember Kofi Annan and the oil for food scandal? Everything they do is just about corruption, spending other people's money. That's all Biden has ever done his whole adult life, is spend taxpayer dollars on his own uh, uh, pushing for personal wealth and gain. You know, it turns out that the, the head honcho of the Biden crime family is not, is not Hunter. It's, it's Jim Biden. And we're going to see all kinds of new details about the Biden corruption related to Saudi Arabia and Jim Biden and the $140 million deal he had there or, or the billion-dollar deal that they had coming out of China and the heavy investments that they made in electric vehicles, which is the reason why they're pushing out oil and pushing up and supplementing electric because it every time they make a policy like that or sign off executive order, they're guaranteeing profit for the Biden crime family. Sad but true. And then you got the Twitter files and the censorship. You know, um, I'm going to get to this real quick. Len, this guy named Lindsay. So Mark Lindsay, State Department dude, real college-educated little whippersnapper soy boy, which is basically what the State Department has become. Bunch of liberal, liberally educated, you know, George Washington University or... Georgetown or something like that in D.C. They get hooked up with all these different little think tanks, think tanks, and they push the government and steer the government by way of the Brookings Institute or Wilson Center or all kinds of Atlantic Council, all kinds of liberal institutions directing our foreign policy. It's so pathetic. Well, this State Department dude, Mark Lindsay, got busted with the Twitter files. How do you like them apples? Lindsay wrote to Twitter bluntly asking to remove 14 accounts distinguished, among other things, by skepticism of Russiagate. Remember the fake Russian hoax that Hillary Clinton paid for? It was very much right out of the playbook of Watergate to wage a coup against a sitting president, a very popular president like Nixon was or like Trump was. And the libtards in Washington decided they can't have this. This is going to be an end to their, you know, corruption. And so this is what they did. And they went about, they went about doing this 
number on a series of accounts. And basically, uh, Mark said uh, that he is a foreign, uh, foreign officer, service officer, that works at the State Department and have been working on Russia issues for, the, uh, for more than two decades, speaks Russian, and known uh, know and and know the country and its disinformation efforts very well. Well, he, apparently not that well. So this is the kind of um, this is the kind of uh, thing that's happening in the State Department. Is this this groupthink, and it's all packed based on a pack of lies, or or they they're so stupid that they believe everything that they hear, or or everything Hillary Clinton told them. These are people that would never vote for Trump in a million years. A bunch of morons that basically bought hook, line, and sinker the Russian hoax. Well, they've been... I, don't, I believe once, you, once you're a liar, you're always a liar. You know, just like Joe Biden used to plagiarize in college and used to plagiarize his speeches... And he just basically lied about his education and trying to win a presidency back in the 80s and 90s. Joe Biden's always been a liar. Corn pop was a bad dude. Probably not. Well, here's Mark Lindsay right here. Basically, I said, after Twitter files reveal the State Department official Mark Lindsay, Russian expert, is a liar makes me question the hearing strange noises allegation. So here's what he was saying about, remember in Cuba? Well, here he was in China, in a China consulate. But remember how these Cuban uh, state diplomats were getting uh, migraines because they were hearing these strange sonar, uh, sonar noises? Well, these are the same people that were actually pushing the Russian hoax. So if they were lying about the Russian hoax, maybe they were lying about the sonar as well. <laughs> because it was never understood. Nobody ever got to the bottom of that. Okay. So right here, this is, this is uh, this, this Mark Lindsay spilling the beans about uh, the sonar that he was hearing. Let's take a listen. Then picture if you had like a, a six foot in diameter funnel, metal funnel, the sound that marble would make as it goes around and it progressively gets faster as it gets, goes down towards the hole at the end. It's a sound like I've never heard before. Was this subtle? Like, did I hear that? No, it was, it was actually somewhat loud. I heard it about three or four times, always in the same spot, always over my son's crib and always right before we would go to bed. Lindsay wears prescribed glasses because sensitivity to light is among his persistent symptoms. The symptoms were progressively getting worse with me. My headaches were getting worse. The most concerning symptom for me was memory loss, especially short-term memory loss. Mark Lindsay believes he was targeted because of his work. He uses top-secret equipment to analyze electronic threats to diplomatic missions. There is no shadow of a doubt in my mind that this was a directed attack against my neighbor and I. And, and you know, here's the kicker. He was in China. Right? So check this out. Who does he blame? He doesn't blame China. He blames Russia. Let's take a listen. But I will tell you this, Jim. The, the country that did this to me is not China and it's not Cuba either. 
Uh, it's a history. It's a country that I have a long history with. Working for Senator John McCain, uh, I've worked in all 15 former Soviet republics. I've been in a couple of revolutions uh, that were anathema uh, to the Kremlin. But I will tell you that. So he blames Russia for that, and he and John McCain are blaming Russia. Why? Because Russia is competing with their oil scheme out of the Middle East. At that time, they had oil pipelines being protected by mercenary groups that were basically ISIS and other terror groups in the region. They were getting paid cash money to protect and distribute the oil into Europe. And that's what ISIS was all about. That's why they overthrew Benghazi and Egypt, Mubarak, to basically distribute oil to Africa in exchange for gold and uh, uh, precious minerals. And they used the oil into Europe in exchange for weapons that were going into Ukraine. And somehow the taxpayer dollars were funding what used to be thought as pillows and blankets to help the Ukrainians who are constantly in, in turmoil, thanks to State Department Chief Victoria Newland, who basically was rigging elections with Jeffrey Pyatt. I mean, it just it's just one problem after another that they're creating with their constant corruption. I mean, they use Samantha Power right now, who used to be the UN ambassador who unmasked um, uh, more people from the Trump administration than ever before in history. And she was a UN ambassador unmasking Americans. And she did that to advance the Russian hoax. And now she's head of USAID, which is basically a money front and a spy ring for the CIA. It's so obvious. And it's so corrupt. We have become a banana republic terror country. If you look at the amount of aggression against its own people, and they've adopted outside influences like the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, and they were all in Munich last week. It says here, Bill Gates has been buying up lots of farmland in the U.S. BlackRock owns the largest shareholder in real estate with Bill Gates. (laughs) It just so happened that the train derailed in Ohio, East Palestine, carrying toxic chemicals that blew up right in the middle of the most prime farmland in the country. Not I used to farm out there, the same area. Not to mention, I wouldn't go as far as to say most prime farmland in the country, but maybe it is. Not to mention that there has been over 96 food plants destroyed under the Biden regime, and CDC changed vinyl chloride toxicity information weeks before train derailment. There are no coincidences that all of this was planned. BlackRock owns all three railroads companies, all three railroad companies that derailed in three different states. And I think Berkshire Hathaway as well, Warren Buffett, and Vanguard has a stake. They're a stakeholder in that too. So this guy puts a map out and he says, If one were to choose a small town to release toxic chemicals into the environment that does as much damage as possible while at the same time being able to plausibly claim that everything is okay, no real biggie, 
One might very well choose East Palestine, Ohio, especially considering its proximity to the Ohio River. Wow. I said, like COVID, disproportionately killing off the elderly. Now listen to this, folks. This is kind of a key point and an important point. Like COVID, disproportionately killing off the elderly, collecting on their government and corporate retirement they paid into, or abortion clinics in black neighborhoods. These toxic chemicals, spells, are occurring in impoverished areas with a high government-dependent population. So the governments are saving money by killing people who are impoverished and poor and basically are dependent on government support. They're killing off the elderly with their COVID. It's like almost like a filter system. It's almost like Nazi Germany where they're like going door to door trying to see if there are any Jews, taking the Jews out, putting them on a train and killing them in a gas chamber. But in this case, it's high tech. It's modern. It's basically sending a virus out that almost acts like a a colander. Or, uh, you know, basically a filter system. And it's basically filtering out the strong from the weak. The weak all die under COVID. The sick die. If you have comorbidities, you don't make it out of COVID, is what they were saying, right? So if you were, you know, sucking dry the uh, health industry, if you're basically a huge expense for the insurance companies and the pharmacy, and and you're basically elderly, with you know not too many years left, you you get COVID. You're not going to make it too well. So this COVID has a built-in thing. It it actually Italy uh, saved a bundle in Italy because it was an older population, socialized medicine. It was killing them financially. <clears throat> So COVID was a big win for the government, the social governments that have socialized medicine. Huge win. Just like for the people like Margaret Sanger who wanted to get rid of black people, Planned Parenthood or you know abortion clinics in black neighborhoods was a great thing for them, for the people who wanted this kind of genocide and this eugenics. You know, basically population control. Not much different, really, than the mentality of Adolf Hitler. Really? I mean, you can make that argument. It sounds like, you know, hyperbole. It sounds over the top, but I can make that argument. That's where we're sitting right now. Just like you can't tell me that equity is not discriminatory, racist, and and, and fueled to segregation. It is. It is these things. But I got something else for you. I got something else for you here. Incidentally, this is worth mentioning. Moments after Donald Trump announced his trip to East Palestine, FEMA reversed their decision and will finally send federal aid to East Palestine. (laughs) Can you believe that? Now, Here's something else that's kind of interesting. Take a listen to this. This is related. I just find this odd that three weeks, this is a quote from Squirrel Mama. 
I just find, find this odd that three weeks before the chemical spill, they issued this digital ID to monitor their health conspiracy. Coincidence? Let's take a listen. I mean, I don't know, you know, call us conspiracy theorists, but does this seem a little too coincidental to you guys? Uh, three months ago, East Palestine, Ohio, ran a pilot program to respond to emergency situations. It gets better. They handed out free digital IDs called My ID starting on January 26, 2023, just days before the train derailment. The My ID digital ID is a tracker with a QR code that tracks long-term health status of East Palestine residents, including, and I quote, difficulty breathing. Hmm. It's almost like they knew something we didn't. Indiana County coverage now, and East Palestine is known as the place to be. It's way ahead. By the way, that's Columbiana County they're in right there. I, I used to live in Jefferson County. But uh, just one county over. Of the curve on a program to provide better treatment for anyone in the event of an emergency. I learned how it works and how it could help everyone in East Palestine. My ID provides quick medical information for emergency responders. Darlene Chapman is the outreach coordinator for this project, and she's an EMT. If they're in a situation where they can't tell us or they don't have any family around, this is something that would make my life easier. My ID works by taking a camera phone and pointing it at a QR code. It provides valuable medical information such as allergies, breathing difficulties, or other conditions so you get proper treatment and care. If anybody sees the QR code, you're, this, you'll be able to scan this and get the information. So it's, it helps that person, not necessarily just here, but anywhere in the nation. There are a few options for My ID. A bracelet, key fob, necklace, or attachment on your watch band. You can choose the one which fits your lifestyle best. That's up to you. Orders will start in January. The fire department has already collected $5,000 in donations to help. That's our ultimate goal. We want to be able to give this for free to the citizens and provide them with that extra layer of care so that we can better treat them. The offer includes Unity Township, which is served by the East Palestine Fire Department. These items cost around $20 each. You can even buy it for yourself. The fire department is hoping you'll be willing to wear it. My goal is to have 100% of our... So nothing's for free. And what helps them help, you know, what that digital ID helps... When, when they say it helps us better serve the people, it also helps them target the people. So, you know, it's like a later laser-guided missile. You know, that's why I, I wonder sometimes about these vaccines, you know, and what they've done with spike proteins and some other things causing cancer, myocarditis, and, and a whole bunch of other things. You know, who's to say that when you get the vaccines then they, it, it has something to do... What if it negatively impacts your immune system? And then they put out something else that actually, you know, like where there's a crack in the armor. It, the next pandemic knows exactly where the crack in the armor is. Basically exploiting the ills of the vaccine that you just took so that it can control population. And, you know, the thing is, it sounds pie in the sky, it sounds conspiratorial, except for the fact 
that we've already heard Bill Gates say, we want to reduce the world's population from 9 billion to 6.5 billion, like 15%. And we want to do that with new vaccines, reproductive services, which is abortions, and socialized medicine, which are death panels. He said that on that TED speech. Remember, we played it a thousand times. But it's not just him. It's that guru over at the World Economic Forum um, that was in from India that said, they want more population, I want less. And then he left. And it was Boris Johnson's father that said, it's crazy that England, an island of that size, has 75 million people. It should be more like 15 million. And he was basically saying that we need to curb the population. And so you have the, you know, the whole IRS rollout of 87,000 employees and $80 billion. That was all about rolling out digital currency. That was not about what they tried to get you to think it. They wanted you to debate that the IRS was too big. They were going to bully the middle class. Yeah, that would have happened too. And, and that would have been happening based on political targeting. But that wasn't the key. The, the chief role of that, and Kevin McCarthy has still not really made me feel great and comfortable in that I still haven't seen the video of the J6, and I'm still not sure th- about what they're going to be doing with the IRS. And, and so Kevin McCarthy, keep an eye on him. Because he made a bunch of promises. So in any case, it's uh, yeah, it's it's about digital currency. It's about control. It's about adopting the World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab agenda. Why? Because Klaus Schwab successfully um, through the World Economic Forum conference uh, merged big corporate money super. Super billion, well, super trillions, trillions of dollars worth of wealth. Put it in the same room with politicians. What could go wrong there? Right? So he put that and he basically got them all to shake hands and sit down and coordinate. It's an open discussion of coordination on how to control the world. But the politicians are weaker than the corporations. BlackRock is stronger than most countries and could, you know, be a game changer. And so you got a guy like Larry Fink that's just running the show. He's not elected by anybody. You got a guy like Klaus Schwab running the show. That shouldn't be. Not when you have these leaders. Basically, Peter Sweden wrote this. They blew up Nord Stream releasing 400,000 tons of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. They blew up the train in Ohio causing a massive disaster and huge cloud and toxic... Um, Toxic, uh, we're not taking calls right now, but sorry about that. They blew up the train in Ohio, causing a massive disaster and huge cloud of toxic chemicals. Weird how the climate change fanatics are all quiet about this. They're all quiet about this. My body, my choice, but they were all quiet about COVID, right? But not about abortion. You know, not about the Nord Stream 2. The explosion of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline beneath the Baltic Sea spewed methane equivalent to the annual emissions of 1 million cars. A whole year worth of one car, try a million cars. And they're trying to put 
fossil fuel combustible engines out of business. And that's mainly because Joe Biden is corruptly and heavily invested in electric vehicle manufacturing uh, in the cobalt level and the battery manufacturing level. And they're combined, they're, they're colluding with China to do it. And that's just well-documented. Peter Schweitzer's book, um, you can go on with a, a lot of different uh, uh, books that were put out about this. It's, it's, and, and all the journalists have admitted it. They, they've come out and admitted that the Russian hoax was a hoax. They, they admit that the laptop was real, even though 51 intelligence agency, uh, intelligence officers said it wasn't. It was Russian disinformation. Remember that? Just like we just discovered Mark Lindsay was trying to censor everybody that was poo-pooing the Russian hoax accurately and rightfully so. Yet he's the guy that's working for the Foreign Services Department and the State Department and basically spilling, spilling fake news, misinformation uh, on Russia. Who are you to trust? If anything, you know, Biden managed to get <clears throat> a lot of people to look at Putin more favorably because everybody knows Biden and Trudeau and uh, and uh, Jucinda Ardern from New Zealand and even this new leader from Scotland that was just, just resigned. All of these globalist tyrannies, uh, globalist leaders are tyrannical and they're socialists. And they've done more against their people than Putin has done in terms of censorship, in terms of running people over the uh, with horses or locking people up in J- over a J6 protest in Washington. You know, who am I supposed to support? The people that actually are burning down my food supply, poisoning my chicken feed, causing inflation like we've never seen in the history of our country, um, opening the borders, uh, our lives are, are at stake with this danger and this inflation and this two-tiered system of justice. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm not, you know, I know that uh, Jimmy Carter is in hospice now and he's probably not going to make it. But, you know, here he was a couple of years ago, Jimmy Carter. Doubt that the Russians did interfere in the election. And I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put into office because the Russians interfered on his behalf. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Poor soul. You know, Jimmy Carter just was never really the smartest tool in the shed when it came to politics and he fell for the Russian hoax apparently and basically said that uh, Trump was an illegitimate president when he actually beat Hillary Clinton who had the system rigged with the media protecting the Russian hoax story while Samantha Power from USAID now but human ambassador was unmasking all of the uh People, you know, in the wake of the Obama regime, when Obama was still in charge, and even during Trump, when Trump was president-elect, 
you have Lindsey Graham over in uh, Ukraine talking to the troops as if he was a general for the Ukraine army. Before we get to the Ukraine, because we're going to be doing the second half of this show in Ukraine, but take a listen to this. Facebook is on the verge of collapse, copying Twitter without changing leadership and censorship policies. Zuckerberg announced paid subscription service called Meta Verified. How original. Twitter Verified, right? Offering users a meaningless blue badge for $11.99 a month. That just goes to show you. See, Twitter, the reason why it worked for Twitter is because Twitter doubled down on, you know, focusing on ending censorship on Twitter. Whether they're going to make good on that promise, I don't know. But at least they got new leadership. They had a guy buy, spend $44 billion and take it over. And they basically started new leadership. So number one, you have a new leader. Number two, you have a promise to end censorship. And they're charging $8. Here, this guy wants to charge $12. And for what? It's still, Mark Zuckerberg is still the monster in charge of Facebook. Nothing's changing. They're still going to double down on stupid censorship and Gestapo-like tactics. So don't invest in Facebook because it's a futile investment. They'll censor you every chance they get. So that's a sign to me that Facebook is going to be no more in very short order. By the way, Mitch McConnell joins Kamala and Pelosi in Munich to tell German audience that Republican leaders support aid to Ukraine. Don't look at Twitter, he said. Don't look at Twitter. Look at Facebook. But Mitch McConnell joins Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi in Munich to tell the German audience that Republican leaders support aid to Ukraine. Infinitum. Un- endless amounts. We're going to pay until it, until it ends. Meanwhile, we're also dwindling our own assets at a time when China is sending balloons all over our country, surveying our country. You just know that there's a war of brewing. The two militaries are not speaking to each other right now. China and Ukraine are... I mean, I'm sorry, China and the United States are not speaking to each other, which is pretty much a predecessor to the... And why wouldn't China go into Taiwan? Because we now cannot afford a two-tiered war like we used to be able to do with with, uh, Germany and Japan. That's no longer... We can't afford that. You know why? Because the Pentagon is now providing travel and paid leave for service members' abortions. They're paying for transsexual, uh, sexual, sexual gender change uh, f- uh, surgery, gender mutilization surgery. They're paying for all this woke crap. But this is according to the Epoch Times, Epoch Times, Pentagon to provide travel paid leave for service members' abortions. That's where their priorities are. Meanwhile, you go woke, you go broke. First, woman Scottish leader Nicola Sturgeon resigns for promoting transgender movement. New Zealand Jacinda Ardern resigned in the wake of the, her tyrannical attacks against her own people in the name of health and safety. And while the G7, NATO, and UN globalist agenda 
and its Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum disciples start to crumble as their crimes against humanity, election rigging, and pandemic and climate hoaxes are exposed, BRICS, BRICS, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and Saudi Arabia, uh, South Africa, will replace the U.S. dollar as the monetary standard. It will be game over for the West. This is what's happening in two short years under the Biden regime. Biden, who said this. The Ukrainian people, so they have something, something in their pocket. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people, so they have something, something in their pocket. So we're going to pay pensions. So Representative uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote this, uh, but John Basham wrote this one part. He says, so Biden, Quip Pro Joe announced the U.S. taxpayers will now be paying the pensions and welfare for the people of Ukraine. This, while millions of Americans can't pay for food, housing, or medical due to Biden's policies. Also, what while thousands of Americans are homeless on the, uh, the streets. So Marjorie Taylor Greene retweeted that, and she also wrote, Joe Biden will be impeached. Ukraine is not the 51st state. We are in over $34 trillion in debt, borders invaded daily by the thousands, and Americans have been poisoned in East Palestine. Enough. Impeach Biden. Well, you know, and here's the sad truth. U.S. and China communications between uh, their respective militaries has been shut down. Also, cyber cybersecurity expert Casey Fleming from Black Ops Partners said the Chinese spy balloon incident signals that China, China's communist regime is preparing for war with the United States. That's according to the Epic Times. Also, um, what you have is you have this. Looks like Russia is spilling the tea on the corruption in the U.S., so it's getting pretty dirty. I'm going to play that clip for you in just a second. But first, I want to play this one. We're $200 billion deep in the Ukraine war, and the Biden admin will keep funding it for as long as it takes. But at a $10 billion border wall is too expensive. Enemies of the people. Let's see. But the question that's being asked by increasingly on Capitol Hill, and there's going to be another. Oh, this is Kirby, by the way, Admiral Kirby fight over another round of aid. We're about $200 billion into this so far. There are questions about where the U.S. commitment ends to this. I mean, we had a couple of lawmakers just return and say, Congressman Garamendi was one of them who said, I think this is a year from now going to be still going on, this exact same war. We don't know. Um, again, we, we would like to see it end now. Um, and certainly we want to see it on ends, uh, end on terms that are satisfactory to the Ukrainian people and to President Zelensky so that they remain a whole, free, sovereign, independent state. And independence is an ideal that all Americans can get behind and understand. We'd like it to end soon, as soon as possible. My goodness, nobody wants to be sitting here a year from now talking about the second anniversary of war. But as the president has said, Shannon, we're going to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. And he- As long as it takes. Well, that's ridiculous. And he has no game planned. He has no exit strategy. He doesn't even know how this thing's going to play. So... um. I well, you know what? Here and listen to uh, this is 2017. Lindsey Graham, while President Trump was President-elect Trump, while Obama was still president. Your fight is our fight. 2017 will be the year of offense. 
All of us will go back to Washington and we will push the case against Russia. Enough of a Russian aggression. It is time for them to pay a heavier price. Well, what about NATO aggression? That's the question. But here is Russia spilling the tea on the corruption in the U.S. United States, in particular the investment fund Rosemont Seneca, which is headed by Hunter Biden. Rosemont Seneca Partners is the firm tied to Hunter Biden, the U.S. president's son. And the Russian defense ministry is listing uh, financial entities that are involved in these bio labs in Ukraine. Now, they also listed George Soros's Open Society Institute uh, and Open Society Foundations, uh, which are also involved with them, and uh, as well as the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine and the Ministry of Health of Ukraine uh, and the U.S. Department of Threat Reduction. Uh, um, all of them seem to be tied in with these bio labs, um, and it appears that uh, that that Rosemont Seneca Partners. Uh, the reason that they would be involved is because they have a relationship with Metabiota and Black and Veatch, which are main suppliers of Pentagon bio lab materials. Now, uh, Moscow is also coming forward and saying uh, that it appears. These biolabs are connected uh, with institutions uh, and research organizations that are related to nuclear missiles. This is what was said. The scale of the program is impressive. In addition to the military, the U.S. Agencies for International Development, the George Soros Foundation, and the Center for Disease Prevention Control are directly involved in its implementation. Scientific supervision is carried out by leading research organizations, including the Los Alamos National Laboratory, which developed nuclear weapons as part of the Manhattan Project. All these activities are carried out under the full control of the Pentagon. Now, the over 30 biolabs are accused by Russia of being involved in weapons development and trying to develop biological weapons. Now, the USA denies this and insists they are simply research facilities. Um, and we did hear acknowledgement of these facilities' existence from U.S. Undersecretary uh, Victoria Nuland. Ukraine has... Uh biological research facilities. We are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. The fact that, uh, that she expressed this concern about their possibly getting into that. It's telling. It, it really is telling. Well, let's take a listen to this uh uh, exchange between Brian Kilmeade and, and Lisa Booth, and they were talking about certain things. Brian Kilmeade basically was defending Lindsey Graham and also uh, the Bush-Cheney wing of the foreign policy. Brian Kilmeade blew a gasket this morning. Uh, I don't know if this is the right clip, but I'm going to try it. But if they give them weapons, we know they were buying things economically. But if we give them, if the China gives them weapons, that means we have to respond. I approach this with a little bit more skepticism, which I I think we should when we're talking about something that could end up leading to a full scale war with Russia. You know, one, we've sent one hundred and ninety six billion of either committed or already sent money. Where is that money going? Is it being fully audited? I know watchdogs recently have raised concerns about how that money is being spent, that we don't necessarily know how it's being spent. And then also, what does winning look like in Ukraine as well? I mean, look, Russia took Crimea in 2014, also the eastern part of the Donbass region. 
Does winning also mean expelling Russia from those parts? Is that even feasible? Is it possible? What's it going to take? Sure. And then you've got people like Senator Lindsey Graham, with all due respect, he was fine with a 20-year war in Afghanistan. That wasn't long enough for him. And I interview a lot of people that's on my podcast. Uh, I, Lisa, I that's not true. He's well, not what, was his, what was the exit strategy The, the exit strategy of Afghanistan was to hold the area, keep an eye on the terrorists, and make sure China and Iran know that we're there and we hold Bagram. Well, this president... Uh, that is such a stupid remark by Brian Kilmeade, and Lisa Booth was exactly right. Here is the guest that they had on this morning that totally ate Brian Kilmeade's lunch. Uh, her name is Rebecca. Um, well, where we are with this conflict is that even uh, Chairman Rebecca of the Joint Koffler. Chiefs, uh, General Mark Milley, has admitted that there's no military path to victory for Ukraine. My uh, intelligence analysis tells me this war is unwinnable. Why? It's because uh, Putin's strategy is to outsuffer and outlast the adversary. Uh, Putin has assembled half a million of new recruits, 315 uh, joining the fight right now, 150 in training camps. Okay, as you just said, uh, Brian, this is typical Putin, typical Russia, just throwing bodies into the meat grinder. Putin also knows that there's fatigue right now in the United States and in the West because the taxpayer is realizing that they've been um, uh, being sucked dry, you know, with 196 billion, as Lisa pointed out, and they just can't continue forever. And so this oop-de-do strategy that uh, President Biden just pulled off with his visit is not going to stop Putin. Putin is not afraid. He has a plan. I described the plan in my book, Putin's Playbook, uh, which uh, you have, Biden completely failed at deterrence, failed at strategy, just schizophrenically throwing weaponry at Ukraine, hoping that somehow it's going to scare Putin. But unfortunately, it won't. And there's more to that uh, interview. That if you can check it out, that would be great. But, uh, you know, um, Rebecca Koffler, super smart. And... Um, it's true, but this is Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan was the foreign policy advisor to Obama, and now he's working under the Biden regime. It's basically Obama 2.0, and that's what's going on. This country, uh, and, and by the way, it's looking more and more like China will be testing the United States, especially in our weakened state. There's a lot more detail to that interview that I'm going to play tomorrow more than likely. But that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Also, you if you go to mypillow.com, use Red State as your promo code. Also, check out the latest podcasts at the Scott Adams Show by visiting scottadamshow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time. On the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.